Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Pastor Vance Mansfield, and this is Faith Over Fear. Today, we're going to talk about baptism. Now, I have already done some podcasts, and I've already done a ton of teaching on baptism, but I have recently found a contradiction in the ideology and the teachings of baptism. And I thought, since it was so exciting that I found this, that you would be just absolutely enamored and floored and excited like I am to get into this uh, so-called contradiction. Now, before I get into this, uh, some of you on both sides of the tracks are going to get nervous. Notice I said both sides of the tracks. All right, so if if you sway one way on baptism, you're going to get a little nervous in one part, and if you sway on the other side of baptism, you're probably going to get a little nervous on another part. But I pray that you would stay through the end of the teaching. It's not going to be that long, so I pray that you'll stay through the end of the teaching and enjoy uh, all of it. Now, when you first come to learn about baptism, you actually have to go back to Moses and the Red Sea, but most people don't learn about baptism until John the Baptist came along. And when John the Baptist came along, he started teaching Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, baptizing, saying, Believe on he that is to come after me, for he was preferred before me, and he was before me, and his shoe latches I'm not worthy to unloose. So, uh, that is usually the first time. But the Bible did say that the uh, Hebrew children were baptized unto Moses in the Red Sea, even though, I want you to pay very close attention, even though they never got wet. Somebody say amen. I got some people in the studio here with me, so I'm going to get a response out of them one way or another. Uh, If I have to hit them with a cattle prod, they're going to shout yes. So anyway, (laughs) anyway, so they never got wet and they were baptized under Moses in the Red Sea. And then they were baptized in the cloud. Now that's a very interesting baptism to be baptized in a cloud. Now we are very well aware that the cloud that, uh, has been mentioned throughout the Bible is in actuality the cloud of witnesses. It is the cloud of witnesses in glory, all right? Jesus said, and we have, we have established this, that Jesus said that he has given us the same glory that he has so we could in actuality be that glory cloud. And we are that glory cloud. So let's get on into the baptism that everyone wants to hear about, and we'll start in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. And he said, repent, or no, he didn't. <laughs> That's the next one. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right? Go into all the world, all nations. All, well, first he said in 28, uh, Matthew 28, 18, he said, all power in heaven is given unto me, or all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world, which is aeon. Okay, so baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now, people have asked me over the years how Acts 2.38 came to be if Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Well, Jesus was, in Colossians, it talked about that he was given the name of which all the family of heaven was named. So 
I asked them, I said, well, do you believe that, that Peter just openly disobeyed Jesus or do you believe he fulfilled it? And they're like, well, I don't believe he just totally disobeyed him, but I don't understand it. And that's, that's usually the case. And I'm not here to tell you what way to dunk people. Okay. That's not what I'm doing. We're going to get into something that is, that is far more important than them being wet. Okay. Uh, a lot of people go, go down uh, dry and come up wet. And that's about the only change that happens in their life. So let's go over to Acts 2.37 and read this. It said, and when they were pricked in their hearts, they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Okay. Now they were talking about salvation. And if we would go back up and read through the chapter and read the message that Peter spoke or Peter preached, then we would come to find out that they were talking about salvation, okay? And he, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and your children, and as many as are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves, notice that, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they gladly received his words and were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Okay, so we're dealing with salvation. What what do we do to be saved? Uh, Peter said to the people there, Save yourselves which was kind of interesting because anytime we're talking about salvation, we always say that you can't save yourself, right? That's why you need a savior. So you can actually on your little notepad, chalk that off as kind of a contradiction. Number one, now repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy ghost. That message there is actually taught in religious establishments that once you are baptized and once they take the top off the baptismal and they put you down in the water and they say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then they rip you up out of the water and you're wet. Then everyone starts staring at you kind of weird waiting on you to start speaking in tongues. Because they believe that that is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Now, here's my contradiction with this. Are you ready? This would, in actuality, be salvation by works. And we are not saved by works. We are saved by grace and, and saved through in, by faith in Jesus Christ, by the finished work of Jesus Christ. See, notice the finished worked work. That's why he said, save yourselves, because it's already been done. You have a role to play in it now where you have to accept the work that has been done. So the salvation is done. It's there. The whole world is saved as far as Jesus is concerned. But we have to accept it. We have to acknowledge that. And that is what he was saying when he said, save yourselves. Now, 
Salvation by works. You cannot obtain salvation by works. It just doesn't happen. We are not under that ordinance. We are under the ordinance of grace. We are under the law of love. We are under where you believe and you are saved. That's what we are under. You cannot be saved by your works. And the contradiction that I found is that These religious establishments teach that you have got to be baptized according to this formula in order to be saved. And here's the problem. Now, if you're a preacher or you're a pastor, I want you to listen very closely uh, because I used to be you until just not too long ago when God gave me a revelation about this. Okay? You are not saved by works. And we preach that you, you don't, you're not saved by works. But yet, on the same hand, we preach that you have got to be saved by being baptized. And then we stand back waiting on someone to speak in tongues. Well, the Bible never said tongues was the evidence of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is the fruit of the Spirit, and it starts with love. Okay? And upon love, it all hinges. Without love, you cannot produce the other eight fruit of the Spirit. So, Repent and be baptized. So to repent, what does that mean? Repent means to change your mind toward the toward God. It's a hundred and eighty degree shift in your thinking toward God. That's that's what repentance means. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now I told you that he was given the name that all of the family of heaven was named. Okay, if he was given the name that all of the family of heaven was named, then if we're part of the family of heaven, then we are also of that name. And if we are of that name, then we have become that name. We have taken on that name. So in Revelation 2.17, he said, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcome will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone. And the word white there is the Greek word leukos, and it means light, L-I-G-H-T. I will give him a light stone. And the stone was in direct representation to the Gentiles when Jesus was talking about it, when the uh, Pharisees came to Jesus and said, bid them to hold their peace, talking about his disciples. And Jesus said, if I bid them to hold their peace, the stones will immediately cry out. And as you study stones, you come to find out that the stone was actually typed to the heart. So you could say the stony-hearted Gentiles that uh, actually didn't really have a God. They were kind of pagan. So I will give him a light heart. I will give him a new heart. Now what heart? That's the heart of the Spirit. That's your mind. And in that heart, a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receive it. Okay? Only the person that receives it will know it. Now, what did he say? He said, I will write my law on the fleshly tables of your heart. What is the law? It's the law of love. What is love? God is love. What is the name of God? It was the name given whereby men must be saved. It was the name given of which all the family of heaven was named, right? That name was Jesus. So we are, that's part of why we're called the body of Christ. We are identified as the head. We are identified with the head. 
If you look at one of your friends, you you can hardly recognize them if they don't have a head. You don't know what what body is walking towards you. We look at people's faces to uh, recognize who we're dealing with. So the baptism in Jesus' name to be saved, it, it is a formula to be saved. I'm not going to disagree with that at all, but I am going to disagree with the teaching that you have to go to a specific religious establishment and be dunked in water for that. The absolute total fulfillment of all baptisms is when you are submerged in the Spirit of God, which is what we call the Holy Ghost. Okay? When you are submerged in the Spirit of God and you are transformed, you are buried with Him in the baptism of His Spirit, and you are raised to walk in the newness of life, and you are transformed, for old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay, it, and I understand why they why they say that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push too hard on this one, because it it does sound like if you do this, then you'll get this. But you're not rewarded. You're you're not given the Holy Ghost by your works. Okay, you cannot receive God by works. It doesn't work that way. You have got to receive the Spirit of God through faith. That's the only way that you can receive the Spirit of God is through faith. So repent, that's where you start to stop running your own life and you change your direction of your thinking toward God. And you come to the place in your mind where you realize you need God. That's repentance, okay? Baptized in his name is diving into him. Now, how do you dive into him? Well, it starts with you, the Bible, okay? It, you can do it through prayer. You can do it through fasting and study. And I think it takes those three elements to really get you into God. Okay, so you dive into the Spirit of God, and guess what happens? The Spirit of God dives back into you. See, if you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. Knock, and it shall be open. Ask, you shall receive. You have got to initiate the action, and you initiate the action by accepting the finished work of Jesus Christ. So, understand this, and all of you preachers that preach uh, Acts 2.38, I want you to get something very, very important out of this. It is not salvation by works. We don't believe it anyway. We None of you that preach Acts 2.38 that I, I know uh, have ever preached salvation by works. You just don't believe it. So let's, let's shift our thinking away from the thinking of the dragon and the thinking of the beast where it's salvation by works. Those of you that are preaching Matthew 28, 19, it's not salvation by works. It's the same message. It's not salvation by works. I have never heard any of you that preach Matthew 28, 19, preach that you are saved by your works. We are saved by faith, and every one of you preach that, and I commend you for preaching the truth. Every one of you preach that, but let's take it a step further. Let's take people into the fullness of the Spirit of God where they can experience the fullness of God, and they can receive the fullness of God, and that is only done through the Spirit. See, those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So let's get rid of the 
the sand. Let's get rid of the twisted versions of truth. Let's go to the pure truth. The pure truth is moving in to the Spirit of God and putting the differences aside. You cannot be saved by works. You can only be saved by faith. And you will not receive the Spirit of God by any kind of good deed that you do. It is only received through faith. I pray that this has helped you. I pray that this broadcast has been a blessing to you. If it has been a blessing to you and you'd like to make a donation to the ministry to help us continue to get this gospel out, the gospel of Jesus Christ, please go to pastorvancemansfield.com. You can make a donation on our website. If you'd like to mail a check, you can make that out to the Vance Mansfield Ministries Outreach Church, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, P.O. Box 8882. P.O. Box 8882. Uh, Zip code is... 76124. God bless you.